Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is looking. Welcome to another episode of The Art of Badassery. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman. And today I have an incredible guest who embodies strength, determination, and empowerment. Join us as we explore this inspiring journey of Jennifer Whitted, a mom from Arizona who's turned life's challenges into opportunities for badassery. Despite not finishing college due to starting a family at a young age, Jennifer found her calling in online personal training. With a background in dance, gymnastics, and long-distance running, she transitioned to weightlifting, embracing the gym as a source of confidence. On her 40th birthday, Jennifer stepped onto a bikini competition stage, a moment that ignited her passion for personal training. Leaving her 20-year pharmacy tech career, she embraced on entrepreneurship, turning her fear into excitement and her challenges into rewards. Get ready to be inspired, folks, because honestly, as we chat with Jennifer about her journey through motherhood, fitness, and the art of being a true badass, I'm going to invite you to see yourself in her story. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. It's definitely my pleasure. So, You've done a lot in 20 years. And first of all, can I just say, you don't look a day over 30, (laughs) 40, but let's go back a little bit further. You had 20 years in a career that you were happy to turn your back on. What was it about that initial career that drew you in to begin with? Because you were with it for a long time. You know, it was... The love that I have for wanting to help people. And that's really what it was. I knew that I could offer kindness, compassion to people as they were there picking up medications for themselves or their loved ones. People were newly diagnosed. We were the first responders in in offering up, um, you know, comfort, compassion, and we were able to give them kindness along with their their medications and their care as well. But that's really what drew me into the, the world of pharmacy was that I was able to help people. Nice. So was it, was there anything that came about from that that was a surprise to you? Like after, for example, you'd been in it for a few years, was there anything that you learned about yourself and you went, I didn't actually... That's kind of cool. Oh, I think so. I I think that I just really realized that I had more of a leadership role than I realized. It wasn't long before I grew into a leadership role and becoming a lead technician and actually being able to help guide newer associates into the profession and understand that it really is a profession, although, you know, we weren't pharmacists, we're pharmacy techs. We were the backbone of the pharmacy. Without us, the pharmacy wouldn't have been able to function. And just knowing 
that I was becoming a leader. And that was really exciting. What was it about that transition that filled your cup? Because leadership isn't for everyone. And I'm just curious, what was it that you liked about it so much? <laughs> Gosh, well, I think it was just the exciting, it was, it felt exciting. It felt exciting to know that I was not just helping customers. I was helping shape and grow and mold newer employees into a pharmacy technician. And that I just learned to follow that feeling of excitement in my life. And if it felt really fun and exciting, I love to do it. So beautiful. You know, what I'm hearing is this recognition that first of all, you're listening to yourself, right? Oh, I like this. This feels good. And secondly, I mean, look at, you've just smiled the whole time you've been on here. I can tell that, um, that there's such a level of joy and fun and almost lightness when you talk about enjoying things, which is really a key component to feeling badass. And of course, this is what we're here to talk about. I love that you recognized that it's possible to lead and have fun at the same time. Yes, absolutely. I think it's essential. Essential. Okay. Tell me more about that. I I think, you know, if you're in a position you know, if you're working and you're going to be in a job for 20 years, you've got to enjoy it. If there comes a time where it's starting to feel like you're dreading driving to work every day, that you're unhappy, you're not looking forward to work, then what's the point? What's the point of living that way? when your, your days are not filling you up, you spend like a majority of your time at work and instead of with your family, it's gotta be something that you love to do. Fair enough. Well, you and I are both entrepreneurs and we both, we love what we do. So I understand. I really do. I'm curious though, because you loved it for 20 years. Was it really the bikini competition that had you going, I want to do something different or was it gradual? You know, I think that it became a gradual decline in in the love for that job, mostly because that corporate world was changing. It changed a lot over 20 years. And the pharmaceutical companies really, they've kind of grown in a different direction than when I first started. And I, when I first started, it felt more like I was helping people. And towards the end, it felt kind of like I was a number. You know, I was a number and I was very replaceable. And to me, that was like, well, it didn't mean as much to me. It wasn't as meaningful. And that's how I kind of transitioned into the bikini competition and growing that love of learning how to lift weights in the gym into realizing after I, after I competed for the first time, other women were turning to me and asking me, Hey, how did you do that? what was your diet? What did your meals look like? And again, I was finding that there was a, my place where I was helping other women learn how to become a badass themselves, learn how to empower them so that they felt confident walking into the gym instead of not going to the gym at all, because they were too afraid of looking silly on a machine. 
Oh, I love it. Now, before we get and do a deep dive into this, your business as it is today, I'd like to go back a little ways because a lot of what we talked about before I started to hit the record button, we talked about some things that in your mind really have shaped you to be the woman that you are today. And I'm wondering if we could go back there. I asked for a couple of times when you experienced real transformation. And often, as we all know, these times come when we're really challenged and we either step up or we step down, right? Um, and I'm wondering if you can walk us through when your son was diagnosed with two days. Yes. Yes. So I, I have a, he is 16 now. My son was born with a rare disease, which at the time I didn't know. He looked normal. He acted normal, except that he had these interesting behaviors that I felt like I was really, really exhausted all the time because he was so energetic and he was, you know, a little bit more unique than my other kids. He was diagnosed at five years old with autism and epilepsy. And even though I knew he was different and he was unique, and I knew that they were going to tell me that he had autism, nothing really prepares you when you actually hear a doctor give a diagnosis. As a mother, we have this idea in our heads of what our children's lives are going to be like. And you go through a grieving process. Once your child is diagnosed with a lifelong condition, that life isn't going to look the same as what we thought it was in our head. Life is going to be different for him. And that unknown, of will he be able to live on his own? Will he be able to drive? Will he be able to have a job? Those things were the unknown. And it was scary. And it was heartache. And it really gave me a new reality that I had to face. That I might be living with my son for the rest of my life. And... And so that was a defining turning moment for me that gave me a new perspective on life. What did you learn about yourself as a mother and as a woman as you navigated this? Because I think it's really courageous and a lot. Yeah, I want, I'm curious. Yes. So we live in a, a rural community with not a lot of resources. And so I had to become a resource. I had to figure out how to get him help because there's not enough help for kids with autism where we live. We would drive 250 miles twice a month. We would have to go out of town to a bigger city in order to get him in his the care that he needed, the doctor's points that he needed. I started to realize that I had to step up. I was not the same person before he came into this world. And I became a mother, a mama bear. I was a mama bear. I still am. And I began to realize that if I didn't do anything for him, 
nothing was going to happen for him. And so I stepped into that mama bear role and it didn't really take no for an answer when I needed something for him. We would, we would be backed up against a wall if he needed certain care or help that I was told no over and over and over again. And I would appeal that and be told no and appeal that and be told no. And it took me five years five years to get him recognized with a disability, diagnosed with a disability. And that sort of resilience really shifted my mindset into the business world as well. It's almost like going to war. You go into battle every single day for your child because they don't have a voice. And I became his voice. And you, you start to understand and see the world is not created or um, designed for people with autism. And we have to be the voice that speaks up and shares our story so that other people understand what that's like. Because if you haven't experienced it in your own life, it's really hard to imagine. There's... A map of, there's a map of like what it looks like for a parent of a child with autism and there's respite care, habilitation, all of the different specialists that we would have to go see. Even going to the dentist, we weren't able to go and see a dentist until he was five years old because the dentist wouldn't see him because he couldn't sit still. And they just didn't understand how to treat a child with autism. And that, it really toughened me up. I became a bad bitch. (laughs) Well, first of all, thank you for sharing and being so vulnerable about this, about this journey. But what I'm hearing, what, what I'm curious about, I'm hearing lots of great stuff, but has your ability to step up and be a voice and go to war for your son, has it affected or allowed you to be that way for yourself? And, And the reason I'm asking is that I can see very easily, you've painted a beautiful picture where, as you say, you just step up and get shit done. This is not acceptable that you don't acknowledge. But I'm wondering where that leaves you, the mom, the the woman. Have you been able to say to yourself, okay, in some manner, like at a job maybe, or with, with the relationships, no, no, that's not acceptable. No, 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 no. Or did all of that energy go into the go into being the mama bear? So that is an interesting question, Mahara, because it was kind of split because I became a single mom when I was very young. And there were times where, of course, you know, I I wanted to go out and meet people. I wanted to just have a night where I could go out with my friends and have dinner. And uh, when you have a child with autism, you can't leave them with a babysitter. You can't go out in public. I would have 30 minutes to go to the grocery store before he would have a meltdown and I had to come, I would have to leave. And so, yes, I, it, it really, it did change my perspective and my ability to how I would show up at work and as a parent as well, because in the beginning, I felt like I was living two separate lives the life of me as a special needs mom and the life of me as like 
okay, I'm the mom that wants to go out and have dinner with her friends and maybe go on a date with somebody. And the, 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 the special needs mom was so intense and I would not really show my friends and people, family or distant family and friends, what that was like, because I felt like, oh my gosh, this is so much, they're going to be overwhelmed and they're not going to want to be my friend. They're not going to want to be around me. They're, they're going to run away because it's too much and they're going to not speak to me. And, and it was a dark time. It was a dark time that I felt empty and lost. Yeah, it was tough. I'm sending you hugs. I know fast, but what you've just shared, I think is so honest. This idea that I'm, I can step up to the challenge, but it is so overwhelming that I don't dare share for fear of rejection, misunderstanding. It's, you know, I can just imagine it's bad enough. I got to be like this to, to the medical profession, for example. But if I have to put on the gloves for my family, then God damn it, I don't want to go out and t- I don't want to tell them, you know, exactly. I don't want to tell them everything yeah. for fear of rocking the boat, making it tough or all of those things. And, and the other thing that comes to mind is even today, 2023, there are so many things that are almost still taboo. People don't want to talk about it. Like we're getting better, you know, programs like what I'm doing now help, but you know, 11 years ago, 15 years ago, I suspect that some people would have shied away from, oh, your son's autistic. Oh, I'm sorry. And sort of turn around and walk away. Like, I don't want to know. I don't understand it. And I don't want to make you cry. So I'm just gonna not going to bring it up. So I can see all of that playing into it. And I think even today, there are things that women, people, humans go through, and we choose to, I'm just going to tamper it down. I don't want to tell people that I'm having a bad day because I'm worried about my child. I'm just going to put on a smile. I'm just going to smile. I I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to inconvenience anyone rather than. And and the the flip side of that is you don't want to go wearing a t-shirt that says I'm a mama bear bitch because my son's autistic back off. Right. (laughs) That's like the other end of the spectrum. (laughs) How did you navigate that, Jennifer? I had to do a lot of self I had to set aside a time, set aside time for myself to do things for myself alone. Like I, I would run. I would once I became a mom, I became a long distance runner, and that was my outlet. And really, I what the way that it started is that my two older kids, I would tell them we're going to go for a walk, and so we would go, and I would. They would ride their bicycles and we would walk around the neighborhood with my youngest one in the stroller. Well, my, my kids started getting faster and faster on their bikes. So I had to run to keep up with them. And then I realized how far I had run. And then it was over over time, of course. Then I thought, oh my gosh, well, I might as well just run a half marathon. So I ran a few half marathons. And it was just like a natural progression of things, but it was really, I had to dedicate time for me. And if I didn't have time for me, 
it was a priority. Self-care was a priority because if I didn't, I would be curled up in a little tiny ball on the floor, not being able to function <laughs> if I didn't. I love your story about running because I used to run as well. Oh. I remember talking myself up because I'm, I was not a natural runner, but the minute I started, I'm so, I was so athletic or so determined that I would finish. Like I, I did the work, but it was just getting, it was just getting out the door. But I remember likening it to my weight loss journey because I was a part of Weight Watchers and I had lost some weight, but I likened running to that one step at a time. Like I would say this to myself, just like it's one meal at a time, one step, one step, you can do it. Don't quit. Don't like, I would talk to myself and I ended up, I've also done a half marathon, almost killed myself just saying, cause I trained my, on my own, didn't understand. It's a long story, but I laugh about it now, but yeah, no, not, not so good at the time, but I do understand that there is, there is a level of dedication and a level of um, fire that burns within. There's a level of fire that burns within the athlete. And I think it's brilliant that you had that because I suspect you're right. That um, level of self-care nourished you in so many ways and made you strong enough to handle all of the stuff that comes down the line with only being a single mom or being a mom in general, but also having a special needs child. So thank you for sharing. And he's diagnosed at five. You develop a beautiful routine of self-care that got more and more as time went on. You realized you loved running. When did the bikini competition come into play? So we're going to take a short break right now, but I'll be back with my guest within 60 seconds. Ladies, unlock your inner badass and transform your life with my monthly subscription workshop. For just $47 a month, you'll have exclusive access to work closely with me, Mahara Wayman, as we dive deep into all things badass, from personal development to conquering your goals. Imagine waking up every day with confidence, purpose, and a smile that radiates your newfound strength. Take advantage of this badass opportunity and join us today at www.mindfulnesswithmahara.com and start your journey toward a happier, more confident you. Smile when no one is looking. You've earned it. So uh, I'm glad you asked that. So what happened is the last half marathon I ran, I was 38. And as I was coming in from that run, someone took a picture of me and showed it to me. And I, once I saw that picture, I didn't like the way that I looked. And I realized that I wanted to lose weight because even though I was running, I wasn't, I just didn't like the way that I looked. And I felt that I wanted to learn how to lift weights in the gym because I knew I needed to do something different. My, my body had adapted to the running to a point that it didn't matter if I ran a half marathon, I was heavier than I wanted to be. And I wanted to be a healthy, fit mother because I can't die. When you're a special needs mom, you can't die. And I wanted to be healthy. So I decided to start working with a personal trainer that she was amazing. She 
took me under her wing. I had reached out to several personal trainers and didn't hear back from them. And I, I, I met one that took me under her wing and she really gave me an opportunity. She helped build my confidence. She also was my coach. When I, when I started working with her after about six months, she created a fitness expo here in town. And she was also, it was, there was all kinds of fitness activities going on. There was CrossFit, jujitsu, and we were, there was also a bikini competition happening. And I told her, do you think I could do that? I've never, I've never lifted weights, but do you think I could do a, a bikini competition? And she said, yes, I think you can. I said, will you help me? And she said, yes, I will. And she trained me. She helped me. She taught me how to eat. She taught me how to lift weights in the gym, all online. And the week that I turned 40, I stepped on stage for my very first bikini competition. And it was funny, Mahara, because when I told my family what I was doing, they were like, oh my gosh, Jennifer, this is too much. This is embarrassing. I can't believe you're doing this. I'm like, but it's not like I'm going to be a stripper, <laughs> you know, it's, it's way more than that. That, that is just like the celebration of all the hard work for the last six months when you step on stage and, and it was a great experience and all the other girls that I competed with, we we're just awesome. And they're so much fun. And it just grew into this passion to start helping other women. It was just a really great empowering movement for me that changed my life and shot me into a new direction. I love it. And <laughs> and I hope I don't ruffle feathers here when I say this, but as you were describing it, what flashed through my mind is how beautiful for you to give the world permission to look at you and your body the way you want people to look at you versus when you go out to a nightclub, for example, or you're walking down the street and and you know, guys leer at you and give you the wolf call, the wolf whistles. Because yeah. what, I pictured, what I pictured was, you know what? I, first of all, I've worked damn hard for this body and I'm proud of it. And it's not just, you know, this is a, it's not just a female physique. This is a strong, determined, courageous person that has, that has worked hard to get to where she is. So I see, I just had this vision flash in my mind that it's so much more than just I want to look a certain way. Yes. Yes. And you, and you know, and then there's, there's another part to it as well, Mahara, because it was mom can do hard things. And my mom worked her ass off and she is competing in a bikini competition. And my three kids, including my little boy with special needs, realized in that moment that anything is possible if you put your mind to it and you work hard. And that was the most important part for me. What a beautiful lesson for your children, especially your special needs son, especially your son. Um, I'm curious. Okay. So you mentioned that your friends and family were like, Jennifer, what the hell? <laughs> How were they afterwards when you strutted off? You're like, it's done. Look at me go. You know what? My, my family didn't watch me compete the first time I ever competed. And, and after it was over and done, they wished me well, congratulations. You know, it wasn't until my second competition that my mom came and watched me compete. And, and I just happened to win. I won first place in my category. I won best overall, which means 
when you win best overall, that means you win the entire competition. And, and that was a very big moment for me. And, and my mom doesn't live in town. She lives out of town. So she drove down for this. She watched me compete. And as she watched me win, when I finished and came downstage so I could talk to her, she just started to cry. She just said, I'm just so proud of you. And she turned around and walked out. She left and she drove back home and she couldn't, she couldn't stay. You know, she was just so overwhelmed with emotion that it was hard for her to even put in words how she felt. It was a very powerful moment because I think what happened in that moment was that not only did I help heal myself, but I started to help her heal as well. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Have you and your mom been able to talk about it since then? We do. She is so proud. She is so proud. And it's just one of those, you know, great memories of like an an accomplishment that it pushes you forward and you forge a path that hasn't been walked before of being a badass woman. And everyone else started to realize like, wait a second, Jennifer is doing more and she's not sitting back and feeling sorry for herself and hiding and like just taking the punches as they come. No, no, that's not who I am. It was like, okay, we've got this. We're going to make the best of it. Not only are we going to make the best of it, we're going to kick some ass and we're going to make sure that everybody else around knows that they can kick ass too. Because if I can do it, you can do it. I love that so much. I got, <laughs> you actually have me thinking, well, I want to go back to the gym. I haven't been there <laughs> three years, so we're going to have to talk, but so much that I love about this story, but your story is not over yet because you decided to quit your reliable job. And I put reliable, I, I, I stress that because that's pretty important. Yeah. And you, you left that to become an entrepreneur. Talk to me about how that decision came about. Well, I, after I competed for the first time, I, I began to notice that other women were coming to me, asking me for help with workouts. Hey, you know, they would ask, what did your diet look like? What did you eat? And um, I really became passionate about learning more of the science behind how you can really shift the physique just simply by what you eat. And because before I didn't really understand nutrition, I just knew like, if you want to lose weight, just eat more solids, eat more fruits and veggies and, you know, and, and you can have whatever you want on the weekends and you'll lose weight, but that's not really true. Don't do that. Does that set you up for like a yo-yo? But uh, it became more of a side, like a, a, a part-time job where I would get up at like 3.30 in the morning. I would be at the gym at 4.30 in the morning and train for an hour with clients. I worked, I, I would work for an hour with like 25 women. And then I would leave, go home, get myself ready for work, get my kids ready for school, drop them off at school, go to work for eight hours, come home. And then in the evening, I would go back to the gym and train more women wow. for another hour before I would come home for the, for the day. 
And it, it, it grew into this and it became so busy that I created an online program so I could help more people that way. And I just loved that I could help them feel more confident. And I noticed that they were shifting. They were feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, one, one girl in the very beginning had never worn shorts before in her life. And I just, she said, I just want to be able to wear shorts. And so that's what we work towards. And she got to wear a pair of shorts. And sometimes that's all it is. It's just, it's, it's not even really the working out and learning how to eat. It became more of the helping women grow into the badass version of themselves that's there already that they they know is there that they were, want to step into. And then the training and the nutrition is just the vehicle to get there. I love that so much because in my line of work, I'm also a coach, not, not a physical coach, guys. <laughs> I need help with that. But I firmly believe that we are born badass. We just get it. We forget along the way for various reasons. You know, I think when children are born, they are so close to their spiritual being. They're so close to the memory of being, you know, a child of the universe. But it's it's society, it's life, it's where we're at, it's the hurts, it's the it's the breakups, it's the job losses, it's all of these things that for many, many of us, I think, you know, break us down. So when I work with people today, I'm like, I'm not, I'm just helping you peel back the layers. And, rec- and go back to who you really are, going back to the this beautiful person that's on the inside. And I'll, you know, I help them with tools and I help them to uncover that. So I love that you've mentioned that as well. You, And that's beautiful because to your point, being a badass is different for everyone. There are days when it's just getting out of bed and me making the decision to have a good day. That's the most I can manage in that day. And that's awesome. Some days it's actually, you know, I bike now because I have bad knees. So when I can bike, you know, a couple hours in the afternoon, I feel really good about myself. It's not always these big, massive things. I would never try to do a, a marathon again, but I'm almost 60. So I, I use that as an excuse, but I do like that you recognize that it was so, it was an important part of your growth was this recognizing that when you help others discover themselves, you feel good about it as well. It's like, you've got your calling. Nice. So you began to realize, wow, people are loving my workouts, doing it online. What came next for you to say goodbye to your 20 year career? Well, um, COVID happened. COVID happened. And being in the pharmacy, you know, when, when things first started happening, we would notice it because we worked in, I work in a retail pharmacy in a, in a grocery store and we were running out of toilet paper it was the craziest thing. People were rushing in and buying up all the toilet paper. And, and I was watching this thinking for about a week, thinking, well, this is the weirdest thing ever. Why are we running out of toilet paper? And then, you know, more and more began, began happening. And I, lots of people passed away. Lots of things went on where I was, it was reinforced that we were kind of just a number. And I just decided, you know what? Life is just too short. And I love helping people transform 
with personal training. And at, at the time I was living with my then boyfriend, he's my husband now. And I told him, you know what, honey, I, I want to do this. I want to make this a career. I want to help women in this way. And, and he is just the best. He's so supportive. And he says, okay. And I was like, okay, oh, it's real. Now I'm going to really do this. So I decided in winter of 2020, in January, I cut back to part-time. I told myself, okay, cut back to part-time. And then you can have more hours in the gym. And, and as you start to get busier, maybe six months from now, I'll, I'll be able to leave this job and, and be a full-time personal trainer. Well, within three weeks, I was so busy. I said, I'm going to have to quit. I, I'm not going to be able to, to work here anymore. I'm so busy at the gym that I, I quit my job. And it was the scariest moment of my life, but the, the most liberating feeling because, and it was just, it was, it was hard. It was hard to do because we just think in our minds, like, oh, the only way that I can make money is I have to go to a job. I have to grind it out and put in the hours. And, um, and that's just not true. You can literally make a living doing the things that you love to do. And enjoy it. It doesn't feel like work. And, and so then, so that's what I did. I, I left my job and started training full-time and then developed more of an online program. So now I have my own app and the, the app is really awesome. It's got nutrition support, workouts, everything that someone would need to be able to train anyone, anywhere. And, and that's what I do now. And I help women. The women that are drawn to me have gone through trauma. And I have noticed that trend is the women that, have, that come to me, have, they are struggling to balance their hormones. They have at least a couple of kids. Maybe they've gone through a divorce Maybe they're stuck at their weight and they're not able to lose weight for some reason. And it's just having that accountability and that support of your best friend there with you telling you, you know what, you got this. What are you struggling with here? Let's try it this way. A new perspective that maybe you didn't think of before. And it's become this beautiful harmony of women supporting women and they all connect and become friends. And it's just awesome. Oh my God. It sounds amazing. So guys, don't worry, check out the show notes. I'll have all <laughs> of Jennifer's contact information there. You do offer online support as well, like mostly online support. Yes. The majority of what I do now is online. I've got lots of questions, but one that I'm going to ask you is what is your superpower today? You've explained a lot of your history, your life, things, good points, low points. What's your superpower today? My superpower is my ability to connect with people from all walks of life. And I harness those connections to create the positive ripple effect. And it's a, it's a innate capacity to tune into other people's frequencies, understand their stories, to see them for who they truly are, and leverage that understanding to drive a collective impact. Because it's not just about influencing, 
It's about elevating the interaction into an opportunity for growth and transformation, both, both personally and also for the greater good. Holy moly, I am not surprised you are a successful coach. That's a beautiful way to put what it is that we as coaches do, whether it's a physical, whether you're a personal trainer or a badass coach like I am or any type of coach. There is, put it simply, if you're in it just to pay the bills, you'll just pay the bills. But if you're in it to make a difference in the world, you will make a difference in the world with even one client. So I love that you recognize as, that as being your superpower. Is there anything that you would like to share with us that may come as a surprise? Because you've painted a very good picture of Jennifer Witted. And I'm wondering if there's anything that we don't know about you that you'd like to share with us that would make us go, oh my God, who knew? <laughs> well, you know what? I, I think the the reason that I can relate to those women is because I used to be those women. Okay. That's so powerful. That is so powerful. I want to thank you, Jennifer, for sharing your story. I think it's so important. I know it's important that moms who are struggling with any type of a a condition with their child, whether it's mental, physical, spiritual, social, that they realize a that they're not alone, and that they can do hard things. They can do hard things, and I really appreciate your sharing your story with us and our listeners, I'm sure as well. So, folks, thank you for joining us today. Please reach out to Jennifer. She is the bomb. <laughs> I'd love to have some feedback. I'd love to have some feedback on on today's podcast. Jennifer, it's been a delight. Uh, thank you again. And folks, we will see you next week on The Art of Badassery. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Art of Badassery. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you.